Hey guys, welcome to the Bad Blood Football Podcast. Today we're going to be doing a wide receiver and tight end episode, and it's going to be about all the trades that have been happening in recent days. So we're going to cover every wide rece- every big wide receiver and tight end trade that's happened then. So, you know, we're just going to get right into it. We'll start out with DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, Dan, why don't you start us off? This, this trade is very strange to me. I don't know why the Texans would get rid of their star receiver, who has been so great for them. Uh, throughout the years that he's been in the NFL. So for me, this this trade is just crazy on their part. It's basically like what the Raiders have been doing by fucking up and getting rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, these great players who could really help their team out, and now they're trading them away to the Cardinals. I mean, great addition to the Cardinals. Uh, he'll, he'll be there with uh, good old Larry Fitzgerald, which is fucking awesome. So I'm hyped to see how they do, especially they're running with a uh, – young QB over there in Arizona. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that uh, grows over time. Yeah, I mean, because Kyler Murray, I mean, he he didn't really show that that much ability in my opinion. I mean, they, they only went 5-10 five and five and ten with Ty. And uh, it's, it's just strange that the Cardinals decided to, or I guess really the Texans, like Dan was saying, to allow Hopkins to leave. Then they replaced him with another guy that we're going to talk about later in Randall Cobb. I don't understand that whatsoever. Um, but right now the Cardinals are looking, um, they're looking kind of strong. I mean, they, they have arguably the best offensive player in DeAndre Hopkins and the best defensive player in Chandler Jones. I mean, even though Hopkins had this mid-tier season last season, I mean, I don't really know what it exactly, you know, was a product of, um, but we're going to see, I mean, hopefully they improve because like, as, as Dan was saying, you know, he's there with Larry Fitzgerald. So, I mean, if he's got anything to learn, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald will be the guy the mentor honestly, but he's already probably the best receiver in the game right now so I don't know I mean the Cardinals are definitely got the better end of this deal regardless of what they gave uh the Texans I mean it, it's just it does not make sense maybe he just wanted to change in scenery I don't really know um but it is it is a big deal in my opinion uh it was a great move for the Cardinals regardless see this seems like a, you know, I, I I respect Hopkins less for taking this move because it's like a huge downgrade for him in terms of quarterback play. And even if the Cardinals improve a lot um, from their, you know, pretty bad season last last season, um, they're just not going to do as well. And so this says to me that he cares more about, you know, like money and personal politics than actually winning Super Bowls, which they had the potential to do on the Texans. Um, so he moved from like a big up and coming quarterback to, you know, Kyler average quarterback at best. Um, well, we don't really know though, because he's not a proven entity. He's only been in the, in the league for one year. He's, he had a mediocre offense. I mean, we already know what the Texans can bring offensively. And obviously it was not enough to bring to the Super Bowl. So maybe he's trying something new to, you know, get out and maybe he can, well, he's, he's a, a person you build a team around. And now they they also had Kyler Murray who they're trying to build a team around as well. So now you have two guys that'll fit very well, well with each other. I think it's just going to be, it's beneficial all around. I mean, and like you were saying, you think it was, you respect him less. I respect him more. I mean, because he wants to, he wants to help a team win. I mean, I guess he's been with the Texans for, I don't know, five or six years and they haven't gotten it done. And he knows that and he wants to win like everybody else. I don't think it's truly about the money. Maybe it is, but 
I just think he wants to win, and Kyler Murray is an unknown entity at this point in time. Maybe he'll get worse. Maybe he'll get better. We don't know, but I, all I know is that he was a first-round pick, and they saw something in him, so I guess we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I just think I don't I don't see why the Texans would do this. I don't see why Hopkins would do this, but I, I do see why the Cardinals would do this because it's really good for them. But, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in this. It definitely makes the Texans worse. Um, you know, Cobb, as we're going to talk about later, is no substitute for this guy. So, you know, kind of sad to see this. Cardinals don't expect big things from them. Be another middle of the pack or bottom end team. Um, middle of the pack at best. So, all right. So next up, we're just going to talk about that Cobb move to the Texans. So he was just 32nd in the league in receiving yards. He had 828 yards on 55 targets, but he had a pretty solid average and he looked pretty good in some key moments. So, you know, I think this is a good move with, you know, he's moving to an up and coming QB. Um, it makes a lot of sense for both parties involved, but I would have really liked to see it with Hopkins. As I was saying before, I would have loved to see this move, but also keeping Hopkins because he is just not as good as Hopkins is, um, even though Hopkins didn't have the best season last year. So, so I mean, like, so Cobb was this supporting wide receiver to Amari Cooper left. So that's that was his role. That's going to be his role. But the problem is the Texans don't have a star wide receiver anymore. Like you were saying, I mean, this is a there was a horrible move for the Texans. This and he is not even remotely as good and or much of, as much of a playmaker as Hopkins is. I just it doesn't make any sense. It was a huge downgrade. Um, he's he's a mediocre player at best. I mean, even when he was with Green Bay, I mean, he was still. Mid-tier, so it's like, why? Why did they do this? I, I, and they, it's almost like they're like bringing him in to be a supporting, supporting member to a drafted wide receiver. But I don't, I don't really know. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the Packers knew what they were doing when they first released him. He was, I think he was pretty fucking great on the Packers, and then they released him in uh, perfect timing because ever since then, I just think his performance has downgraded. Um, like you said, he's a supporting role. He was a supporting role at uh, Dallas, and now he's moving over the Texans. And I don't see how uh, I don't see him helping this Texans team, especially since they got rid of Hopkins. And if they think that with Cobb on their wide receiving core is going to get them back into a position that they just had this past year in the playoffs, they uh, they got nothing coming because just his performance isn't great. He's he's an older receiver now. Uh, he's always injured. So I just don't see this Texans team benefiting from this pickup at all. That's uh, that's my side of the take on that. Yeah, I would say that if anything, they're worse because they, you know, if you look at both moves in one, so, you know, they lose Hopkins, they get Cobb in, so they, they get worse. But, you know, I, I would expect basically what we saw last season from them. I think they'll be a playoff team. Um, I don't think it's, you know, they're 100 times worse or anything, but, you know, just a bit disappointing. So we got Stefan Diggs going to the Bills. The Bills were 10 and 6 last season. So, you know, what, what do you think about that, Robbie? You could take it away. So, to be honest, I think it's surprising that he decided to leave the Vikings because the Vikings are, I mean, they're they're a pretty solid team year after year after year. I mean, moving to the Bills, I mean, you're getting probably a parallel move in, in I guess, playability. But the Bills lucked out with this with this uh, with this acquisition. Uh, Diggs is a phenomenal route runner. Uh, he's going to be a huge target for uh, for Josh Allen. 
making them a serious contender in the AFC. Honestly, they're probably going to win that division unless the Dolphins can pull something out because New England's definitely not doing it this year, uh, getting rid of literally everyone. They're cleaning house. Um, so I, I just think that this will make them that notch above the Dolphins and especially in the AFC in general. I see them going probably 11-5, and 12-4 and 4 next, and next year. I just... The only problem with him is that he was having issues holding on to the ball last season. I think he had four fumbles and three of them were lost. So it, it was odd. But he had a career season last year in yards with nearly, well, he only had half of the receptions he had last or the year previous. Um, so he's he's a known entity. It was a good move. I think uh, they're going to do big things this year. And I'm kind of scared being a New England fan, but. I don't know, man. It's it's uh. And you should be. You should. Yeah, be I know. Because they're gonna shit on the Patriots this year. Um, mm-hmm. My <laughs> my my take is well, he so he flat out came. He flat out said, "I want to get out of here," and that just like Robert just said, he he wasn't getting his targets anymore, and he knew that, and he also was kind of dueling it out between him and Adam Thielen and the Vikings, kind of seeing who was the actual wide receiver number one. And I think he just got tired of that. He wants more targets. He wants to be able to produce for the team. And I think with the addition of him going to the Bills and and on their receiving core, he's going to be able to do that, Um, especially with a dominant young QB over there. Uh, I think they're definitely, I agree with Rob, they're definitely going to be pushing for the playoffs, if not take their whole division upcoming year. Yeah, so last season the Bills were – 26th in terms of receiving yards but they were eighth in terms of rushing and I I think this helps them shore that up a lot because um Diggs had 1100 receiving yards last season but with that said he only got like 65 catches so he was seven he had 17.9 yards per reception which is second in the league for any wide receiver who caught over 60 passes so I really think this helps balance their team out a lot which is a good move for them because you don't want to be really good rushing team with a, a poor passing attack. Um, I think Allen is a serviceable quarterback and this is going to help him do more for next season in addition to their already pretty good rushing attack. So I, I, I like this move a lot. Definitely better team than the Patriots now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, obviously thing the uh, Patriots eventually had to suck, right? No, yep. It was inevitable, right? <laughs> so now let's move on to Nelson Aguilar going to the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders won 7-9 and nine last season. Dan, you could start it off. Okay, uh, well, we've talked about the Raiders previously and how they continually just kind of shoot themselves in the foot. I honestly don't like this pickup either. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, as well as all of the Philadelphia Eagles receivers, struggle with even catching the ball. So... Uh, <laughs> Picking up Nelson Aguilar is going to make no difference for the Raiders in their offense. Um, I just, I, they still have so many other things to work on right now. So the addition of Nelson Aguilar is just another receiver in the mix for them. Uh, I don't expect any big play out of him on his part. So, I mean, that's just my take on the pickup. I don't think it's very notable. No, I, I mean, I, I guess we added him to this list because he was a former first round. Literally, I mean, I, like Dan said, he just can't catch passes. He was, he was drugged through the mud in Philly with not being able to catch the ball. He only played eleven games last last year. I mean, it's it's odd because there are some experts that are saying that he's going to have a breakout season. However, the the uncertainty at quarterback. You know, you just brought in Mariota. I mean, is he a backup? Most likely, Derek Carr's better. 
um, but there's a general lack of continuity between Groot and Carr, and I just don't know that that is going to be a productive environment for someone who's struggling to catch the ball, is struggling to get yards and touchdowns, who is is definitely going to be the number one at, in Las Vegas, but I just don't know that uh, he's going to be the guy for them. I mean, we already said they let go of Amari Cooper, who is probably one of the better uh, receivers in the game. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar is going to a team that had a tight end who was a leading receiver, which is, he's not even a good, or he's not even a good tight end. So I, I don't even, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting pickup, but we'll see what happens. So I just think this is another small step. It's, you know, it's definitely a good thing, I guess, but it's just a small step on the world's longest rebuilding period for the Literally Raiders. The longest, yeah. So like, I don't, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't think this team's ever going to be good. Um, you know, not at least in with any head coach. Yeah. With Gruden, obviously like 10 years down the road when everything's different, they could be good. But I don't think in the next five years, this team is going to be a real contender for the Super Bowl or even, you know, championship games. Like they're not really going to be that team in my opinion. So, uh, you know, it's fine. But they, they're going to need a lot more than this in this offseason if they want to be a real contender. So let's move on to, you know, a much better team, you know, for men of culture here. We'll talk about the Saints picking up Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. So the Saints were 13-3 and last season. And I really, really like this move for Emmanuel Sanders. Like, from his point of view, I like doing this because, you know, he's a pretty old, experienced wide receiver. Um, and he's going to get to play with you know, the, one of the best cute quarterbacks in the league, um, and a super experienced guy. But with that said, from the saints side, um, you have to be a little bit worried that Sanders has only played a full 16 game season four times out of his 11 seasons in the league. And he hasn't been able to do that for like four or five years now. So he, since he played with Peyton Manning, he hasn't been in the top echelon of wide receivers he hasn't hit that point again although it has largely been because of injury so it's it's a question for me um he gets to play with somebody almost as good as you know the all-time great Peyton Manning um in Drew Brees so you know it's an improvement to an already excellent roster um they went 13 and 3 last season like I said and I, I think this is a good move but you know, it's such a good team. This is just the standard for them. So I don't think it makes them a Super Bowl winner or anything, but this is a very good move in my opinion. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think that they are a major contender because now you brought in someone that can take off a little bit of heat from Michael Thomas, who was the leading. And Drew Brees, like you said, an older guy and a very experienced guy, they're going to get along very well. Even though even though Sanders doesn't you know, play 16 games every I think the amount of time that he will play this upcoming is going to be enough to be uh, have the ability to spread that all around a lot. And it's going to just be, they're going to be an absolute dominant offense. It's going to be horrifying. And, uh, and yeah, I think, I mean, he'll be a supporting cast member to Michael Thomas. I think that's, I think that's probably why they brought him in, being a little bit of a mentor. Um, but I just think that this pickup was really good on both sides of the ball. I mean, not both sides of the ball, but, but in both parties. I think Sanders made out really well. And I think the Saints are getting this quality, you know, supportive wide receiver 
Fed's just going to keep improving their team more and more and more like they always have been. Yeah, so I would I would agree to that. I think this pickup was is a phenomenal uh, advantage towards the Saints. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders started his career out in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, then got traded to the Denver Broncos where he played there for several years, and then he just had a – I think he had a pretty phenomenal uh, year with the 49ers. And it was funny beca- uh, because Emmanuel Sanders made his decision – from free agency to sign with the Saints due to his grandmother. Um, his grandmother prefers this team and persuaded him to sign because she wants them to play with Drew Brees and uh, play under Sean Payton. Um, so the New Orleans Saints persuaded him to sign with them for $16 million over two seasons. I think this is a great pickup. I think they'll do phenomenal. Uh, he'll produce for them for sure. If I could, I would have him back on the Steelers, but... Uh, now that he's on the Saints, I think their offense is going to be firing even hotter than they were last year. One last thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, the Saints had a great passing attack last season. And, you know, Michael Thomas had 500 receiving yards, more than the next most uh, in the league. And he had, you know, 50% more receptions than the next most guy in the league. So he was taking a, an incredible amount of um the targets, you know, he's ta- he gets 107 yards a game. So I guess you guys are right that uh, having another solid wide receiver on the team that you can throw to for some of those is going to help him out a lot because you can play a lot better if you're not seeing every single ball. Like you don't necessarily want to, ha- you, you don't want to be the only threat and the other team knows they can just cover you and then you're screwed. So I, I, I didn't really consider that as much as I probably should have. So m- maybe they could be a, a really good Super Bowl contender, but I, I definitely think that the Chiefs are still a better team. Um, as the Ravens probably are as well. All right, let's talk about uh, Seattle. So Seattle went 11-5 last year. They just grabbed Greg Olson, tight end. Um, Rob, why don't you start it? So this is a an odd pickup. We don't really know what's going to be, if this is going to improve Seattle or not. Because, I mean, yes, Greg Olson will be a big target for Russell, but this roster already has six other tight ends. So he's just another tight end, you know, and then I also saw some other reports saying that this that this trade or not that or this this acquisition will be problems for keeping Javion Clowney around. So really, what is the what's better like and, and what's better here? Do you want a, a dominant defensive end or do you old tight end who I'm sure is only going to play eighty or fifty percent of the the, uh, the plays and it's going to be not a very not a very good pickup in in my whatever. I mean, Russell Wilson's a phenomenal quarterback. He's got weapons around him. I don't know that they really needed Greg Olson, but that's just how I see it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They don't necessarily need Greg Olson, but I think this is a great pickup. Um, he started his career out with the Bears for four years, and then he's been playing on the Panthers for nine, and he's done a phenomenal job. We all know of Greg Olson. We know he's a veteran uh, reinforcer for the offenses. Um him, I think they'll do, uh, obviously like Rob said, I don't think he'll get 100% of the playing time because they have a strong trio of tight ends between himself, Disley, and Hollister. If Hollister is re-signed, we'll uh, see if he is or not later in the free agency. But I think this pickup does not only him, but Seattle um, justice. I think they have an advantage with Greg Olson because he's a dominant physical tight end, and he has proven what he can do, and I think this pickup is uh, phenomenal on their end. So I would say I, I like this pickup too. Um, just a note about the Seahawks. I think they're kind of a weird team because I think Russell Wilson 
is, you know, I think he's probably the second or third best quarterback in the league. I would put him at second. Um, he is a monster, but they're the 12th best receiving offense in terms of yards last season. So I think picking up the 11th best receiving tight end, who also has pretty good blocking ability, is going to help them a lot. And you got to keep in mind that Greg Olson was playing with a much worse quarterback in Cam Newton. And I like I really I think Russell Wilson is just much, much better. He's on a whole different level. And I could see this elevating him, even though he this is pretty late in his career, I could see this elevating him to another level. He might look way better here than he ever did before. So I think this is a good move. Um the Seahawks are gonna be a contender for getting pretty far in the playoffs, as they always are. Um I really you know, I think this is good. I think it's going to push Seattle above teams like the Bills and the Texans, but probably not at the level of like the Chiefs, Ravens, Saints, you know, that that tier of teams. So, you know, I think it's a good move. Sean, I agree with you. And I think a notable thing about this is to also kind of question his uh, performance levels now that he is a 35-year-old receiver who has missed multiple seasons due to injuries so that he's he's injury prone um but i think overall just with his talent what he's proven throughout the years that he's been in the nfl this seems more like a worthwhile risk i think the like i said the seahawks would definitely benefit from him being on their their side and uh, now that he has uh russell wilson like you were stating sean this could be a a good matchup these two guys and that's my take on Last tight end we're going to talk about here um, is the Falcons, a 7-9 team, picked up Hayden Hurst. Um, I think this is a solid move, but it's not going to be enough to fix the Falcons by any means. They have issues outside of their third best passing game, such as their you know third worst rushing attack. You know they're really poor in terms of rushing and good in terms of passing. So you know with that said, a solid blocking tight end could help boost their run game a little bit. But I, I wouldn't expect big things from this te- uh, from this team next season, even though they have a very very good quarterback. Um, you know they were seven and nine team. I think they're going to be similar oh, to boy. that. Okay, well, I'm going to have to let you a little bit. Uh, I think you're completely wrong. I think that was the stupidest thing you've ever said on this podcast. I think the, wow. Falcons, I think the, I think the Falcons are going to be like an 11-5 and five team, 100%. Matt Ryan Why? is a phenomenal quarterback. So you, so to address their running game, they already have, right? So we, and we're not talking about him this way. I'm going to leave my comments for later. But they just picked up Todd Gurley to sure up that run game, which he's a he is an outstanding running back. Hayden Hurst was a former first-round pick who is he's a relatively good uh, catching uh, tight end, a good blocking tight end. Yeah, they got rid of Austin Hooper, who is arguably the best tight end in the league right now, but Hayden Hurst is a good replacement. I just think that with their receiving core, who has you know Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, they're adding Hayden Hurst to that. They're adding a running back and, and uh, Todd Gurley. I just think that this team is going to be a phenomenal contender this year. I think it's just going to be... I think their hiccup was when Matt Ryan got hurt, and now he's back. He's healthy. I like, and they showed at the end of the season. I think they were going on a four-game winning streak, and they beat some of the best teams. I think, I think they're going to continue to carry that into next season. I think they're going to be this. This team is just going to be great, in my opinion. I think they're going to lead the NFC in a lot of a lot of categories. They have some of the best talent at every position on that. So. I'm just I'm excited to see. I mean, I and I don't think a seven and nine season is in their future. I'm I'm thinking eleven and five, twelve and. 5. And I uh, I 100 agree with everything you just said, Rob. I think uh, the pickups that they've acquired and 
even though they lost Austin Hooper, I think Hayden Hurst is a good pickup. He's a solid tight end. Um, he performed really pretty pretty well with Lamar Jackson at the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I don't see this pickup being a disappointment at all. I think he's gonna. He's young. I mean, he just got. In, he's been in the NFL for only two seasons now, so he still has a lot of time, a lot of game to play uh, throughout his career. And he's a he's a stud, and he'll perform well for the Falcons with all their weapons on that offensive side. And I agree that they are definitely a playoff team, and their offense is going to shine this coming season. All I would say is I think you guys are overestimating how much Todd Gurley is going to help them out a bit. Um, well, and well, and, and well, and it was to your point of saying that they had one of the worst. Yeah, but offenses. Todd Gurley isn't actually that good. Like he's pretty good, but if you look at his stats, they're really. I think he was on. He was not on the right team for him. I honestly think com- coming to the Falcons, where they're going to be able to have a better quarterback, I think the, it'll take a lot of the pressure off of him, and it'll just be it, it'll open up a world, a new world. For- so. I don't know. I feel like there's more things they have to shore up. They took the fifth most sacks in the league last season. They have a pretty poor offensive line. And I don't know that adding a you know top 10 maybe running back like Todd Gurley would be enough to boost them in addition to this Hayden Hurst move to be a serious playoff contender. I mean, they, they're going to they could get to the playoffs, but I don't think they like if they won the Super Bowl, I would be absolutely shocked. I mean, I definitely think that that they're a contender for it. I mean, and 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 I definitely hear you about the about the sack concerns and all this. But you know, they're they're already beginning to shore up where they their their holes essentially. So I'm assuming they're going to draft some offensive linemen in the draft. I'm sure they're going to pick up other offensive linemen that they're going to need to fill those gaps. I just think the sacks come from a poor running game where you have to rely so heavily on your quarterback that it just puts way too much pressure on the offensive line to hold it for or hold people for that many seconds and do all this other stuff where, you know, we're not talking about Derrick Henry here, but I mean, it's still a, a, a sizable increase in running ability. So I, I just think, I, I don't know. I think they're a Super Bowl contender or at least a championship game. Maybe getting to the championship game contender. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it's not that I think this move is bad. I just think that they have a lot of, things to go before they become a really really elite team so i'm not trying to shit on them too hard i'm not saying they're terrible i I think this is a good move i just don't think it's going to fix their team i think they have other issues such as in their o-line um so we have one last move here so we got pj walker you know he's coming from temple uh and he went to the xfl after being you know he went on to the broncos i believe and then he never really got to play they cut him off the practice squad so I think he's decent in terms, you know, for a backup. I don't mean he's decent in terms of starters, but, you know, as far as we know, he's just going to be competing for a position as a backup. So, you know, it's a fine move, but I I don't think that there should be any huge hype around this move. It's, it's like being the best quarterback in the XFL is like being the best fat stripper or something. It's really not like much of an achievement. Um, XFL is like, D1 college level and D1 college level is pretty terrible compared to the NFL as well. So I don't think, you know, he's going to be a starter soon or anything, but you know, he should be a fine backup. I've seen him make some pretty good plays. All right, guys. And uh, one more notable thing for these, uh, this Panthers team. I know previously in the last episode, I talked about the competition between Teddy Bridgewater being added to that roster and Kyle Allen, who performed well when he stepped up for the Panthers and I thought that they were going to be uh, dueling it out but now it is updated that Kyle Allen was added to the Redskins 
and now he's competing for the starting role against uh, Haskin. So we'll see how that goes. But for the uh, Panthers and P.J. Walker, hopefully they get their shit together and perform really well like we expect them to. This. I just think it's interesting that the XFL is now almost a breeding ground for NFL backups. Like, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, I'm glad these guys get to play. I mean, and it'd be really interesting to see, you know, how the transition goes for a lot of these XFL guys. Because I'm sure we're going to see more of this where, you know, guys are just going to be picked up willy-nilly from the XFL. I, I, I think it's it's good for the league in general, honestly, because you're going to be able to keep backups in playing condition. I don't know that any starters will come from there. Maybe they will. Who knows? But um, I just like the fact that there's this crossover between the two leagues now. And... Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where this goes, if the XFL is, is able to stick around, essentially. Yeah, so with that, let's just wrap this up. So, you know, you can find our links to our social media in the YouTube description, or if you're listening to this on any podcast player, you can find it in our description there as well. So, you know, make sure to leave a like and a comment if you guys enjoyed the video. Um, we'll be coming back with more. We got another episode planned that we should be releasing shortly after this. Uh, just a little teaser. It'll be about whether or not college athletes should be paid. So, you know, look forward to that guys. Um, that's about it.